All right, everybody. Welcome back to Surviving the Suck. I've got a really good guest today, and it's a different angle than I've I've ever even actually thought to. I, I never really, I guess, not thought to look at things because of the way I speak a lot of times is about baby steps and moving forward. And this this gentleman is going to be bringing us a little bit more in-depth information on how to do that. And I'm going to introduce him right now. It's Dr. Mark Wiseman. And how are you doing this evening? I am doing outstanding. And thank you for having me on your show. How exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, when you sent me the message and you, the, you brought in the fact that it was, it, you use Norse paganism and things like that. I was like, what? Oh man, this is an angle that I've never <laughs> even thought of because one I, beyond movies and books there's not a whole lot i know about uh, uh paganism or norse traditions so that's i mean it's just going to be a definitely a learning experience for everybody i think well outstanding and 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 understand that paganism and the word paganism particularly as it applies to myself is a peg that monotheistic folks like to place on me um it's not really what i chose or choose to call it uh i am norse i am a 18th generation germanic dane um who by birthright is a sworn uv hefner to odin the all-father um what uv hefners were uh in the days of the the viking age if you will there was a special force, correct? I'm sorry. There was a berserkers, correct? Like the like the berserkers the... are our brethren, and they represent the bear. Uv Hefner yeah. were uh, very similar with a, a much more uh, spiritual angle to them, because they were shaman warriors, and they were represented by the wolf. And these two groups, the berserkers and the Uv Hefners, uh, assisted. King Harold in actually unifying Norway to ultimately centuries later make it its own kingdom. So they were the special forces of the day. So they were trained in, um, like myself, weaponry of all ages. And then on the other side is the spiritual side where I was formally an ordained chaplain with the Presbyterian Church um, until I found my way back. Um, to where I am today. You were also in the in the Marine Corps, correct? I was. I served as a U.S. Marine in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Terrible duty. Terrible duty. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about your about your history, and then we'll go into uh, about your approach to to trauma. The the my story starts at a very young age. I was introduced, uh, my great-grandmother uh, migrated to the United States from Denmark. Uh, she brought me into the practice of, of my birthright and my family. And of course, my immediate family, my mother and father kind of shunned the whole scenario. However, my mother got into the metaphysical crystals and all that stuff and kind of led me down a little bit road. Um, ultimately, by the time I became a teenager, uh, I spent uh, 
pretty much three and a half years in the tutelage of a Navajo medicine man in Tucson, Arizona, where suffice to say, um, gloves were off as far as learning about spirituality and growth and, and uh, really expanding the mind, minus the drug portion of it. Uh, following that, I left Arizona for the Marine Corps. I served uh, three or four years uh, as a Marine, came home to watch my father pass away, um, took up drugs. I went down the cocaine heroin trail for about three and a half years, um, was found by a member of the Hells Angel Motorcycle Club in Tucson, Arizona, uh, strapped to the floor of a motor uh, mobile home and uh, cleaned up, was given $300 cash and a pickup truck to drive from Tucson, Arizona to Oak Harbor, Washington, where I met up with the rest of my family and uh, began life moving forward. In uh, flash forward a whole bunch of years, um, I wound up in uh, going to college where I actually wound up uh, at Wayland Baptist University where I went through seminary and was ordained, uh, graduated from Wayland and uh, continued to kind of try to find my way uh, as a ordained chaplain. I worked with hundreds of people and there was always a hole. There was always something missing. And this, I struggled with it. I struggled with it for about 10 years. And then uh, I was working with two gentlemen who had come back to uh, special forces gentlemen. Uh, and it right in the middle of one of the sessions, the lightning bolt struck me and I realized what my real calling was, and that was to go home, um, to go home in, in my belief systems, in my ideology, in what I did, how I practiced, how I thought. And uh, so I, I invested and uh, spoke with all my family back in Denmark. Uh, everybody was wonderfully uh, uh, gifting of knowledge and wisdom of the past and kind of where I fat, uh, sat in the whole picture of things. And uh, from there, uh, my life changed. My life really did change. Um, all of a sudden, all of the things that I had been saying all along, the things that I had questioned all along made sense, made absolute sense. And uh, it all kind of clicked. And so from that day till now, I have been a Uf Hefner, uh, sworn to Odin by blood. And uh, I work and help people understand that much of what we struggle with as a society, not just as individuals, but as a society, we struggle with is the long-term ramifications of the implementation of monotheism 29, 3,000 years ago. And so trying to help people understand, uh, and you brought it up before the show, uh, perfect example of the moral division between what we're taught as young children going to Sunday school and then 
what we experience as adults going to a combat zone. They're diabolically opposed. And your brain has to try to, uh, you know, adjust. It has to try to understand how we can make this paradigm shift. And that's where uh, I think more damage occurs than actually occurred in the the immediate trauma um, is that that accounting that has to happen between our moral beliefs, what we just witnessed or saw or acted on, and trying to reconcile those two, and they won't reconcile. Um, and oh, so, yeah. standing that and and bringing that um, to the understanding of individuals, so that they can. How do you build a plan? Well, you build a plan by first recognizing that there's something you need a plan for. And then it's small steps. Taking step at a time. That's that's, that's honestly the easiest way I've found to deal with a lot of things. Is start small. I mean, you can't rush into anything. You can't build a house in a day. I mean, you could. But if you're not well equipped and you don't have enough support system, then that house is going to be a piece of crap. Right. First wind blow, it'll fall down. You betcha, and and that'll occur. The, the same thing applies here. Is you know, if you, if you think, oh, I'll just put it out of my mind, and and it'll go away. It, it, a, it won't. B, there'll be something that happens in the future that then you, you essentially start all over again, and so you wind up doing this cycle every so often and um that's that's harder than saying let's do the hard work now let's build the steps let's put in uh uh, fail safes so that we've got ways that we can get through this one step at a time oh yeah so um i was just thinking as far as like um we do have a lot of issues as far as like veterans and trauma post-combat and things but even in, like you said, society itself is kind of corrupted in this way with the monotheism and whatnot. But I think our monotheism has even changed throughout modern history. It's gone from, say, religion has kind of fallen to more of a back burner, whereas, say, the government or um, combat wars and things of glory have come more to the forefront, which I, I think in itself because it's a constant repetitious cycle tends to do more damage in the long run too to people that aren't combat. Well, I, I guess, you know, in, in, when it comes to combat and, and certainly some other high-end uh, death traumas and, and the like, I'll, I'll disagree with you and being on the back burner. And the reason I'm going to disagree with that is that um, from the time you, as a child, begin to understand how words are formed, sentences and what they mean those types of things because and particularly here in the united states it's it's a little less so uh, overseas but here in the united states the united states was founded on monotheistic beliefs christian yeah. beliefs puritan beliefs and those fall into our laws they fall into uh, social order they're they're all part and parcel of society as we know it and so as a child you are taught to to live within those boundaries your your definition of right and wrong is based on that 
premise. Well, I guess when I say uh, back burner, I mean more of a a conscious religious belief. Because, I mean, like you said, it, a lot of it's ingrained in the way society is molded. So, right. I mean, it, it's more of a, a back burner as far as religion goes. But I think I mean, you, obviously I, the moral belief is right there. Yeah, and, and just for clarification so that we're all clear, religion and spirituality are different. Absolutely. Yeah, so religion, I, I scrub my firearms uh, after the range religiously. I pray to Odin spiritually. So there's, there's a difference. So um, when we, when uh, I just want to make sure that, that when we're talking about the spiritual impact of monotheism throughout the, the decades, and I'll say decades, is you have to remember that that then becomes the benchmark that all of us gauge every action and reaction on. So that's, that's, if you will, your, your analogy of the house is great. And, but this religious or spiritual understanding that we're given as particularly as Americans is the foundation. Yes. We, we can put up armored walls around it. We can, we can put cement eight feet thick and we can do all kinds of stuff to the house. But ultimately, it stands on the understanding of what's right, wrong, good, bad, dark, light, all of those definitions, which which kind of frame our brain and our thinking are all formed by monotheism or most are formed by monotheism. Or conversely, you have the other side of the group, which is those who rebel against monotheism you know the the satanic folk and and uh, all of those folks who rebel and and they're just rebelling against monotheism you know whether it be christianity muslim judaism whatever they're they're rebelling against that and so not to be a satanic worshiper in of itself but merely to contradict what monotheism, what they perceive monotheism is enforcing on them. And so that's that's really where a lot of vets and a lot of my brothers and sisters and yours as well, that's where they struggle is trying to reconcile what we've grown up knowing is good and bad, right and wrong to the actions that were required for you to come home Exactly. That's a that's a tough bridge to cross, and and I'm here to say it can be done, and it it it's totally legit. <laughs> oh yeah, I think the biggest issue for me over the years has been not so much what had been done, but the simple fact that we were there and I had to do them in the first place, because I was it. It was kind of like we were put in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or wrong place, not so much the wrong time. We were just put in the wrong place for the wrong reason. Wrong reason, right, right. And that, that's, that's where my dilemma comes in a lot of times. It's because, like you said, we were raised a certain way, respect people a certain way, live a certain way, and then we're doing something completely out of that realm. Right. And it's exactly. like, why are we doing this anyway? 
and right. your reason doesn't seem to match up. You know, what you told me when the reason we're here doesn't really mesh with what I'm doing. With, with the actual actions that you're requiring me to do right now. That's, that's exactly right. Yep. And that's, that's a hard one to reconcile. And, and so taking it step by step is first realizing that you couldn't have your struggle right now if you'd have made a decision the other way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You, 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 the other guy would be having these dilemmas, right? Oh, yeah. So when we think the first thing I want everyone to think about is when contemplating this is for you to have your struggle that you're having right now, you had to make that decision or else the other guy would have made this decision. And, and your friends, your family, those brothers and sisters that we've all lost, that whose story needs to be retold, those people deserve you to be standing up and telling their story and making sure that people don't forget them. And so that's the first thing everyone needs to know. And then the next thing I would, I would advise anyone, uh, my clients included, is that um, I use a... a uh, an acronym because the military is absolutely oh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's S B T A stop, breathe, think, act. And what I try to do. And when, when I'm working with my, our brethren and sisters is I try to make sure that they're, their support networks included in these discussions so that they understand, okay, he's at a point he needs, she needs time, right? They're going to stop. They're going to take a breath, stop, breathe. And then we're going to try to start applying some thought. We're not really too worried about that. A hundred percent. The big key is to stop, stop and breathe and then think, and then now, hopefully, we've got some clarity of thought. We can put together our plan to put the next foot on the floor. Step two, and then continue the process. Um, but the biggest thing I find is is a lot of our brothers and sisters, they 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 immediately retaliate. They they just react, and it's it's that that rage that's inside them, and so they just need to take um as as a practicing shaman my goal is to teach meditation and, and ways to just stop stop and breathe now we can get clarity and move forward i've actually come to uh over the years realize how well meditation actually works i always thought it was kind of like some hokey hippie crap right and <laughs> And I started actually using it. And I mean, I used in, uh, it was after um, a consideration of suicide, one of the few that I've had. And, and I slowed down after, after I had a nice talk with one of my support system folks. And I started looking at angles and things that I could do to try to calm down. And I found an app that actually helped. And it's just a free meditation app. 
and I used it every day. And I, it, it was so amazing, the improvement in my patience level and yes. my ability to actually stop and not just retaliate. Because, I mean, it, it, back to society, I mean, it's kind of how things have been built and ingrained in us is just something happened, react. And right. if you don't react, then you're weak. And really, it's not true at all. I mean, if you don't react, you're giving yourself a chance to make sure you react properly. And in, uh, and, and a, a great story is told uh, in the Norse sagas about uh, one of the gods, Norja, whom hesitated, always, always hesitated before making an action. And, uh, in the saga, it goes on to, why do you hesitate so much? And he said, because I want to make sure when I step forward, I step onto a rock, not into a puddle. And so <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good one. That's uh, that's the thing. And the, the other thing I was going to say and what you were uh, you quasi reminded me of is. When uh, as as part of my my Norse heritage, one of the things I believe in is what's called the Lanvedi. And the Lanvedi, uh, for those who don't know, um, it, it's very akin, uh, mirrors, if you will, the uh, indigenous people's uh, land spirits, the spirits of the land. So it's, it's the trees, the, the animals, uh, everything, every living thing. Um, and those spirits kind of, they can do a wonderful things for us. They can do horrible things for us, all depends. Long story short, uh, the greatest meditation I ever received was uh, friends had taken me up to a mountain lake. Uh, and it was a, a, a hot springs lake. Greatest thing ever. And we got in there and we, we put our heads halfway under the water so that we couldn't hear anything. Essentially, all we were doing was just laying there in the water. And all the senses were done. And all you could do was just feel and and absorb, and it was it was insane. And you're exactly right in how wonderful, how much clarity we can we can really bring away from meditation. So yes, I definitely support it, hundred percent. So, a big part of a big part of this is not not simply just. I guess clearing your head, you kind of got to be able to forgive yourself in a way too with some of these things. I mean, um, crap, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> but because I mean, the, the issues are very traumatic. And sometimes you did some things or didn't do some things that maybe you should have done. And that lives with you. And you, a lot of us find it hard to, hard to forgive ourselves. It, I'm sure you've probably got something that would help with that. <laughs> Well, thank you for your your support. Um, the uh, and again, I draw you back. First, first point is I'll draw you back to the alternatives and say, yes, you could have done anything. You could have been a billionaire and not been in the military. You could have been. You could have been. But. But you weren't. You were at an intersection between what you want to be 
and where you've come from. And you're at the perfect place. You, you are in the ideal location to learn and to teach. And that's that's critical that you understand that is that, yes, we we all have roads that we have to that are not paved. That we must travel. But. If. You were to have to beat your path through a forest, as an example. There is benefit. Of you going back to the beginning of the forest and tell others how to get through the forest, right? Absolutely. And that's what you're doing. That's you're going, you're revisiting on purpose. Sometimes the pain, the disappointment, the all these things that you may have in your mind and in your heart. But what you're doing is you've learned those things that you may teach others. Exactly. Family, all of those things. So it's it's type it's kind of like a circle, right? You go through the the hells and the valleys, but then come back and say, okay, hey, look, you don't have to go down this path. It's really ugly. Go down this one. And that's what you're doing by coming back and talk talking and saying the things that you are and speaking to your listeners, uh, all of the listeners, um, you're teaching them that road. And now they can, they could, should take those words and now teach others. And that's, that's the circle that you're going to create that ripples across the lake. Um, that's the success here. That's what so you're basically, So basically, like my story, it was it was the hard path. So I pass it to the next guy, and kind of like a big game of telephone, sort of without hopefully too much in, in misinterpretation. So they're like, all right, don't go down this road. Go this way, and then hang a left. And then the right. next guy says, no, he said go down this road and take left. Don't freaking follow that road. That road sucks. It exactly. kind of so fewer and fewer people will have to go through the crap that you went through. Well, most or less a lighter crap, I guess. Not well, so yeah, much. maybe. Yes. Well, not round two of crap, I guess is, yeah. is the best way is that is as we all teach, as we all reach out, we, we speak to our brethren and sisters and we say, hey, you know, this path didn't work. This path didn't work. But this one, it's uphill. There's there's no doubt it's uphill, but this one will get you to where you want to be. Oh, yeah. If we keep doing that and and your listeners then do that, not only are we creating a success network, but we're honoring those who didn't and can't do that. Oh, yeah. And then everybody that comes after you say that you've told your story to. Maybe they don't make the same mistakes you do, but then they they may go down the down the path a little bit farther and that different path and find something that maybe wasn't so good there, but they find a different split off from that path. So everybody's going to have something to add to it as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and 
you know, we, we can speak of different strokes for different folks, I guess is how they say it. And we can say, oh, well, you know, this guy was, he was a little bit more hardcore than I am. So I, I took even a softer path, but you, I know you, you're my friend and, and you probably prefer a softer path. So you probably want to take the path I did, but my other friend over here, he's, he's a little bit more hardcore too. So maybe this path that my friend took will work for him. So as we begin that circle, that's what then provides the support network for all those who need help. Because now, not only do you have your path through, but you have his path through and her path through and all of them begin to give other people options. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're trying to do ultimately is we're trying to help people pick a path that will work for them, whether it be their environment, whether it be their family, whether it be, um, you know, some type of uh, uh, cultural heritage thing, whatever it is, someone has already traveled this road and we just need to, to tell their story and, and to get that story out there to help the next person that comes down the, the, the road needing that path. That is a really good point. I, I had never really thought about, you know, what I do with this or when I talk to other people with issues that what I'm doing is giving them maybe, you know, something to use as a tool or a learning scenario that maybe, oh, I don't want to go that way. <laughs> I, I never really, really related that, even though I, I know that that's what I'm doing. I just, I guess I never, it never really clicked. Yeah. Well, that, that is exactly what you're doing is that you're telling the story, not only from a, a survivor's quote unquote perspective, but also you're telling a story that allows people to, to embrace your success as well as the honor of those whom, who did make this trip, who may have been with you in, in your team or in your squad, whatever, um, who, who can't tell that story. You're, you're creating this fairly large legacy for them and for others to now recover and get on with telling the stories of their friends and their brothers and sisters and and so getting everybody on the on the road to recovery is ultimately the best we can all oh. do all hope for absolutely so before we started recording we were talking about um how some people just want to get past it want to get over it want to heal and we we both know that there's no actual heal it's just a lessening of pain um so we were we were talking that baby steps every little movement forward is the best kind of the best path and it's not so much we need to accept the fact that we're not going to be able to actually heal it's always going to be there in the back of your mind or creep up on you when you're not expecting so um oh go ahead go ahead and what I was just going to, I was just going to add to your statement is the saying, and that's, that's really where we, we build our mechanisms in our good times when, when we're, when we're bright and when we're, you know, ready to go and ready to, to take on the world. Those are the times we sit down for just a minute 
and write our mechanisms. And those mechanisms say, okay, I get, uh, I'm out on the street uh, in downtown, wherever, and I hear uh, a heavy burden chopper coming in low. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to freak. Okay, here are, here are some things. First, we got to ingrain the stop. Just stop, stop. And, and I, I teach my, my clients and, and my friends, I tell them, close your eyes, just close, shut down, stop. Arrest any behavior that's going to, that's going to get, you know, quickly out of hand. So uh, we want to stop it. So your reaction, it should be to stop and then breathe. And once we can start, once we get that couple of deep breaths, okay, now we can step forward one step at a time. We're not going to do, as, as I mentioned before the show, we don't need to do the, the school girl and cartwheels across the, the football field. We just need to step one step at a time and just move on. Get, get to a safe zone where you feel comfortable. And then now you can take a bigger breath regroup, you know, recuperate and, and figure out what the, the next plan is. But the key, the really the key for, for all of my brethren and sisters is that, that, that instant something happens, something, anything. And, and it can be anytime, anywhere, who knows? It could be a feeling that's just drummed up out of nowhere, pops up. And we have to stop. We have to mentally shut down. Just stop. Breathe. And then we can we can begin to step slowly. One step, one foot in front of the other. Even if you have to do the DUI walk, you're just putting one foot in front of the other, right? Just moving forward. And that's that's critical for folks. Um particularly some of my, my friends and, and clients who, who want to react, right? They're, they, in their, their military world, they were uh, uh, operators or, or uh, you know, high-end guys who are super high energy. And, uh, you know, their, their job was to, you know, react or be killed. I mean, that was it. And so these guys get on the street, and the, the example I just gave was one of the one of the drills that I like using for these gentlemen to help them and say, all right, no, stop. And and we begin to to get them to to where they can um, move forward. And then in in the times that we're not actually working on action steps, we're talking about removing those guilt shame nuggets that has been placed in your brain since you were born, actually since about four months prior to your birth. And those guilt shame nuggets have been placed in there. Many of them not intentional. They were they were placed there as as a way to kind of, you know, keep you from running out in traffic or or to keep us from from, you know, hanging upside down in a tree 35 feet off the ground when we're only about three feet tall. 
uh, they were done innocently. But the values that have now been intrinsically embedded in your thought process and your belief system as to who you are, those values will never reconcile to war, to combat, to a violent death in, in your presence. They, they just won't. It'll never reconcile. So how do you deal with that? You have to build mechanisms and, and step forward. Prepare before the storm. And, and it's best to be, yeah, it's best to have your laundry list before the storm comes ashore. Oh, yeah. And so that's that's what I try to do is to give my my friends the the tools they need before that that action. Um, done a lot of work with vet court and with vet court, of course, you know, you're dealing with our brothers and sisters who have already crossed the line and are having an interface with law, local law enforcement. And so getting them to say, all right, hold on. We need to. We need to change our direction here. We need to we need to put things in motion, things in place that will help keep us in check um, and, uh, you know, help everybody in the household stay safe, stay healthy, grow through this together as as a unit, if you will. Um, and uh, it just gives a better chance of success for everybody involved. Uh, I like that you keep pointing out like uh, units and groups because that, that's extremely important for people with with these conditions is to have a support network. And I mean, you hear it a lot with it, be it substance abuse or whatever else, um, mm -hmm. battered women, whatever. Mm -hmm. They all need the support system, and and so many people don't have that support system, and that's why they end up falling through the cracks or. Mm -hmm. falling to you know drugs alcohol um right suicide being yes. the most extreme or being murdered if they're in a, a in a bad relationship depending on that situation you know yeah absolutely that's that's all too often unfortunately that's far too frequent uh any life lost is is a life lost absolutely so, um yeah trying to get everybody to to uh you know and, and one of the things that the other thing that that i try to do particularly with with my uh my friends who are are uh, in vet court is is trying to break down that pride a little bit uh, one of the other things and you mentioned it earlier um <clears throat> we talk about men men me beat chest uh here in the united states particularly but it's it's a it's a world phenomenon it's we don't have the corner on that market by any chance but with the men um, syndrome of, you know, me being right, stronger, better, faster, all those things, where, <coughs> excuse me, um, where you have a pride issue that won't let me ask for help. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a man. I can handle this. I can do this, and da 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 da, and I can tell you. Um, it, a man, a real definition of a man, and this comes from my nurse all the way through to my military days, a real man knows when he's part of a team, 
and he works accordingly with that team. Whether that team be him and his spouse, whether that team be him and his parents, him and his siblings, him and his, uh, uh, you know, squadron, you know, fire team members, uh, whoever his team is. And your, your analogy is perfect in that our support networks, there are teams and, you know, we've got to be willing to ask for help. If we can't tackle this thing, if this thing is just getting us by the, the scruff of the neck, we have to be man enough to ask for help. And so trying to com- trying to change the stereotype there and say, you know, um, read stories um, from my my great grandmother who would tell me stories course i'm sure some of them were emblazoned with the uh, danish history but where men uh the men who were uh, part of viking were crying over colleagues who have fallen in battle and they didn't care who saw them they cared not at all they cared for their brethren who was on the ground and so we talk about this whole idea, this whole stereotype wrapped around this man thing and how the word love, peace, and gentle, how those, those can't uh, assist with being men. And I am here to tell you that the greatest power on earth is not hate, it's love. And it takes a bigger man to love than it does to hate. So um, those are things that we we just want to try to ingrain in our friends so they understand. It doesn't show weakness when you need help. It shows that you understand the value of a team. Yeah. And, and so, I know pride is a huge issue with a lot of people, men yeah. and women. It's, it's, it's just kind of depends on how they were raised, you know, with their their issues. Agreed. 100%. And it's just getting through that and helping them to understand that it's okay. You know, and, and um, I, I know, depending on where you're from in the, in the United States, um, really depends on whether you're more or less willing to ask for help. And how, how, uh, uh, close, how not close, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, but almost related that help has to be, right? So in New York, oh, yeah. if you go to the East Coast, Far East Coast, you've got to be a cousin of a cousin of another cousin. And then, yeah, you're cool. In the Midwest, by second cousin, you're done. It, you might as well be a stranger. Well, I can say that for certain. <laughs> I grew up in Iowa, so it, it, we... <laughs> Usually you trust your local group and that's about it. And then you get to the West Coast, which is completely opposite side of the East Coast, both in in uh, psychology and in its uh, uh, overall ideology in that it's just, yeah, whoever comes along. Um, yeah, we're, we're all good. We're friends. Hug a tree. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you, you, it really depends. You're, you're 100% right, though, when it comes to 
pride and being willing to ask for help is, you know, how far, you know, can I accept the advice, opinions, you know, help of someone who is maybe not even related to me. And I find that in my practice that the, the West Coast folks, the, the people from California, Oregon, um, those folks, even into Arizona and maybe parts of Nevada, are much more willing to listen to someone who is like myself, not related to them at all, versus if I deal with uh, someone maybe from Iowa or more of the Midwest. Uh, yeah, but what is... You, know, what you have to be friend? in in pretty dire need of of some assistance to get somebody in the Midwest to take your advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then converse or, you know, on, on the same note is if you're an East Coaster, then it's, you know, if you're a friend of the family, you're you're a friend. So it doesn't matter. So um, but um, yeah, so you're you're 100 percent right, though, with your pride. Pride is is uh, I would say. In 25 years of doing counseling, I would say pride is the the single largest uh, roadblock that most people have in their success, in their road to success. You're actually the second person I've interviewed that has mentioned pride, and I've done a pile of interviews, but you're only, only, only the second person to ever actually mention pride as one of the issues. Yeah. And and I find it to be one of the bigger issues. And I, I think it's just one that people don't always think of. And I know that's my issue a lot of times is I'm too prideful and I don't always want to ask for help. Yep. And, and you are by no means uh, uh, alone in that endeavor. Um, men, more so than women, um, in my experience. Um, and believe it or not, kids are the worst oh yeah uh, young young children i would say uh under teens um are are the most challenging um because they they literally do not trust anyone um unless mom or dad's right there and then even then and then yeah and then it's iffy depending on what you're asking me to say right as i i remember as a teenager i i always wanted to do everything Yes, I got the advice from my dad and said, don't do this or, you know, and this is why you shouldn't go this path. And I'm like, whatever, I'm going to go down this path anyway, because, you know, not purely just in rebellion, but because I wanted to experience it for myself to make sure that he wasn't full of crap. And honestly, I kind of wish I'd listened a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah, I I wouldn't be who I am if I did. Yeah, no, it it does. You're you're exactly right. I mean, we certainly gain. Um, wisdom, we gain relational layering in our brain to where, you know, we can now relate to bad choices. We've made a few. It makes it easier. But uh, on the same note, I, I find that um, history is a great teacher if we're willing to read. I've, I've found that more as I've matured and started looking more into history and things and uh, that it's it's been a lot easier to learn it that way than to go through it and uh, you're absolutely right 
Yeah. So my, my advice, uh, uh, again, uh, same, well, first thing I guess, uh, to do a shameful moment is to say that, um, you're more than welcome to have your listeners and yourself, uh, please read my, my, uh, webpage. There's a lot of information out there. Um, I will be publishing my doctorate studies there, uh, as it, as it comes to fruition. Um, I am underway now, so I'm hoping by late 23, maybe, uh, to have it actually published, but, uh, the research is all there. Um, and it talks about human evolution from the times of out of Africa theory, which is quite a while back, uh, oh, yeah. all the way through today talks about cognitive, um, psychology, uh, kind of where that stems from. And then ultimately how spiritual uh, beliefs influence our thinking. And um, a lot of people have not given enough credit. And, and there were studies done uh, not that long ago about the God spot in the brain and how all these things. And, and of course, they debunked that or thought they did. But ultimately, they debunk everything. I don't know what the hell they're debunking exactly, anymore. <laughs> exactly. And so but uh, what what. You know, my my study is about the effects of spirituality on our psychology and how um, particularly the implementation of monotheism throughout the years, throughout the millennia, has uh, established cornerstones of psychology that fracture modern society. Um, at its very core and so um definitely worth um taking a few minutes i also have a weekly podcast that just gives uh messages about how to accomplish and get through um obviously from a norse perspective um and uh so we try to make sure that there are some stories uh from the sagas or from the legends myths um from Norse mythology um, in there so that uh, folks can understand that, you know, um, even though uh, the, the Danes, the Norwegians and the Swedes and the Icelanders, um, they were the, the baddest of badasses of their day. Um, they still had feelings. They still knew the value of a clan and they had virtues that they were required to follow. I mean, and they wanted to, it wasn't that, you know, it was forced on them. It was, they wanted to be honorable. They wanted to be truthful, hospitable, all of those things. And so some great stuff, but anyway, they can check out my webpage, AK Uve Hefner, and that's AK for Alaska, AK U L F H E D N A R dot com and they can go there check it out um uh, you can also hear me on wisdom uh it's an app you can get for uh, iphones i think the androids are due out here pretty soon but uh just a, a daily message talk about hope talk about promise talk about moving forward um getting together as a team and making a positive impact both in your community and for yourself so that you can be proud of who you are and what you have 
because ultimately you are a gift. Um, all of the things that are brought into your life for one reason or another are brought into your life to provide you with an uh, uh, opportunity to learn. And it's the, the, the greatest gift that you can do is you can take that, you can learn from it and teach others. Because yeah. that's, that's what we do. That is actually a really, really good message to end on. Um, if you wouldn't mind, after we stop recording, if you want to send me the, the links, I'll I add them to the description. And so they can just click through and click through and go right there and read everything you have. Um, and hopefully they'll, if they have an iPhone at the moment, or hopefully the Android picks it up real quick, yeah. they can, they can listen. Cause I mean, I know I'm going to look for it. Um, yeah, it is definitely. And my hope is again, and I tell your listeners, I tell my listeners that we, we've got to come together. And we've got to we've got to be a society that offers hope and promise. And the way we do that is that we hold our ground and we're we're true to our word and that we love one another. We just we got to be willing to do that. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you coming on. I, uh, I appreciate this talk and it, it was actually really easy. I had nothing to ask. I, there was nothing I could ask pre-planned or anything because I was just like, this is something I've never even heard of. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to let him go. And I'm so glad you, you know, what, knew what, exactly what you were, <laughs> you were going for. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for inviting me in. And uh, please express your, y'all, your listeners, how, uh, what a pleasure it is to talk to them uh, and you. And that uh, just know and just keep it in your hearts at all time that you are a gift, you are perfect, and you are a perfect place between what you want to be and where you came from. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody for everybody listening today. And next month I will have another one. I know I'm only doing a monthly. I apologize. It's just a lot of stuff with work. Um, but remember, every wake up is a victory. Try to be the light for somebody if you can. Everybody needs that little bit when they're in their darkest day. And it may be your darkest day and you might need it sometime too. Thank you very much and good night.